Philadelphia Phillies are 2008 World Champions of Baseball. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. Now entering the game for Philly Press Box Radio, Bill Furman and Jim Chet Chesko. It's Wednesday, March 1st, 2023. Welcome to the Philly Press Box Radio Roundtable brought to you by the Irish Rover Station House in Langhorne, PA, Allstate Insurance in Westchester, PA, and the Edge of Philly Sports Network. I'm Bill Furman. I'll be your host tonight, along with my partner, Jim Chet Chesko. And hey, Chet, spring training games are underway in Clearwater. The Sixers are in the home stretch. The Flyers are at the trade deadline. The Eagles are putting their staff together as the combine is underway. Always plenty to talk about in Philly sports. Yeah, Bill, the NFL offseason is really starting to heat up. Lots of news. All of a sudden, the combine has started up, as you mentioned. Uh, we're getting daily Eagles news again, it seems. The Sixers and Flyers playing games, uh, a few games every week now. Even the Union has uh, started up, too. And, hey, how much fun was it Was it watching some Phillies baseball on TV again over the weekend? Yeah, how about that? And you know what? It's It's been beautiful weather down here, uh, here, here in Florida, and uh, – it's just good to see baseball season, and it's great that we only had a week between football and baseball. Let's go. Yeah, and we got a great guest to talk about that. We also have later in the show Dave Hagen from Monster Mania, the founder of that great event. More on him later, but uh, we got a guy ready to go to talk baseball. We do. Let's welcome the TV voice of the Philadelphia Phillies, T-Mac, Tom McCarthy. Welcome back. Bill, thanks, man. Uh, Chet, nice to see you. Bill, if I knew you were down in Florida, I would have just gone to your house and done the show. I mean, you uh, you could have. I'm in Lakeland. Traffic you down here is unbelievable. Yes, it is. <laughs> Actually, well, you Tom, know you what? Are... That, that's the opposite end of this where I was. So um, it, it would have worked out if we were playing the Tigers today. Yeah, that's you right. were in Fort Myers today. You are a busy guy, Tom, going all over the place. You're doing all these interviews with people like us making us happy. So let's get to it. Uh, we have lots of questions. Let's see how many we can get to. First thing first, Andrew Painter on the hill for the Phillies today. Two innings, 29 pitches. A lot of optimism about this kid who's not yet 20. That'll be about six weeks from now. How's he looking? I, I actually thought he looked pretty good. I mean, you know, if you put aside the fact that he's 19 years old, he just looked like a guy making his first appearance in spring training. 29 pitches, uh, mostly fastballs. The one part about it, which I'm sure that he talked about after the game, he was missing a little low in the strike zone and a couple pitches up, but not too bad. I actually thought Manny Gonzalez, the home plate umpire, there were a couple pitches that probably could have gone his way. I don't think he'll ever tell you that, uh, but I thought he looked really really good. He didn't walk anybody, uh, but I think, you know, I think it was 19, 19 strikes, 10 balls. He probably thought maybe he should have had more strikes, but listen, 19. I mean, he topped off at 99, had a few yep. pitches that were 98. Uh, I thought he looked pretty good. It was a good lineup, too. It wasn't like it was just uh, the Twins AAA lineup. I mean, he had Correa in the lineup. He yeah. had Kepler. Uh, so I thought he looked pretty good. Good. Hey, Tom, If the, assuming we're going to go Nola-Wheeler, Wheeler-Nola, doesn't matter, 1-1-A, one one uh, Suarez-Walker-Painter, if, if it works out that way, uh, what kind of load do you see Andrew Painter getting? You think they'll limit his innings throughout the season? 
I, I do, Bill. I, I mean, I think that's just around baseball. I don't even think that's a Phillies thing. I just think that's a baseball thing for a kid that age. And, you know, Rob Thompson has discussed the possibility of going with a six-man rotation periodically, not every every time through the rotation. So I think that's what he's, what he's talking about is guys like Painter uh, and even Suarez to a certain extent. I know they're really still, you know, touch and feel with him as far as his innings go. But I think that they saw last year in the postseason how much of a burden it does put on the pitchers when they do get to the postseason. So I think 19 years old wouldn't shock me if he's in the rotation, but it also wouldn't shock me is that every, I don't know, every three turns you see Bailey Falter or somebody like that in the rotation. But while we're talking about pitching, let's talk about the bullpen. Uh, Sir Anthony is back, and they've extended him. And a few new guys in the mix as well, strong. And, oh, man, so it's going to be very exciting, I think, to watch these guys and see how they do. Craig Kimbrell, is it going to be bullpen by committee? Who's going to get most of the save opportunities? You know, Chad, I think it's going to be bullpen by committee only because Rob liked that last year. Uh, I think he's going to settle on Kimbrell for, you know, most of that time. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a Kimbrell-Sir Anthony mix at the beginning. But then if he sees that there's a, a tough stretch of left-handers in a, a particular lineup, then Soto and Alvarado get a look at it. I think Strom's still going to be kind of a seventh, eighth inning guy. He pitched today. Uh, I thought he looked okay. He gave up a home run. I mean, it was a really long home run. Um, actually went into somebody's backyard uh, in, <laughs> in in, in uh, Fort Myers. Uh, but I do think that – I do think he liked the, the committee – sort of closer last year. Um, but I, we'll see. I, I think that's the way it's going to start. Well, you, you, you've been around baseball for a long time, Tom, and you're around these players. Do, do the players like that not having a defined role that they could go every night? Baseball players are feet, you know, they're, they're creatures of habit. Yeah. I, I, no, I don't think they like it, <laughs> but I think they're okay with it. I think they're, I think they're accepting of it. Um, Rob has a way of getting his point across. That's not overbearing or, sort of um, directive uh, he'll basically talk to a player about it and then say you know I'm kind of thinking about this role and they like them they trust them and I think that's the biggest thing if they trust you then I do believe that they're going to uh, lean on what he says well another guy that we all like is uh, the new shortstop Trey Turner looks like he's going to be the leadoff man at least as far as uh, we know and as far as he's doing well he'll be the leadoff guy what impressions are you getting from him now that he is a Philly, Tom? Well, I got to tell you, what I like the most is that he's really pairing up with Bryson Stott because he's leaving for the World Baseball Classic. So he wants to make sure that his double play combination, that, that his double play relationship is really good. So everywhere he goes, Stott seems to be right next to him. Um, I think he has settled in nicely with this team. I think he has understood what his role is and what his responsibility is. I think he's really confident uh, in everything he does. Uh, the oven mints on his on his hands are kind of weird, which he's even admitted um, when he's on the base pats. But I actually think, you know, Ben and I alluded to this the other day. Um, I think he's going to get upwards to 60 to 70 stolen bases this year. And I think that's wow. going to be huge for the success of the Phillies. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I wanted to ask you about Alex, Alec Bohm. Uh, you know, he's 26 years old now. He had a pretty nice season last year, 13-72, hit 280. Uh, kind of ran out of gas at the end of the season, though, I thought, as he was hitting up around 300 for a good part of that, started to tail off at the end. Is this the year? Is this the time this kid breaks I, out and is yeah, all we Bill. think he can be? Yeah, Bill, I think so. There's a helicopter going up above me right now. It looks like it's a Coast Guard helicopter. 
Actually, hey, as long as it's not pigeons, you're all right. That is very true. Um, <laughs> that Actually, that is really true. Uh, no, I think he's going to be great. I, I actually thought body language-wise, confidence-wise, he looks awesome. Uh, I thought he, I told him that yesterday on the air when we were talking to him. Uh, I, I think this is a big year for him. He's totally different confidence-wise than he was in spring training last year. I mean, remember, guys, there was a thought he wouldn't even make the team out of spring training last year. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think I think this clubhouse, you know, it's hard to overstate environment, but I do think this clubhouse has come along at the right time for Alec Bohm because they kind of take a lot of the pressure away from him, but they also keep things really loose. And he's kind of slid into that, you know, the sort of daycare thought, uh, which I think is really cool. The, you know, the fact that Stott's here, and was here last year. Maton last year helped him. So did Matt Beerling. And I think that really helped him sort of settle in last season. T-Mac, what is the latest on Bryce Harper? Uh, when might we see him actually, you know, playing games, at least as a DH? And will he be in the outfield at all this season? Yes, I do think he'll be in the outfield, Chet, at, at, at certain points. Um, I don't know. They, they say he's ahead of schedule. I haven't spoken with him since probably around the Super Bowl. So um, the fact that they say he's ahead of schedule, I do think he heals quickly. I would say sometime in June to be in the lineup and then maybe after the all-star break to be in the outfield, maybe a little later. But I think sometime in June, you know, I, I remember reading a story that Dave Dombrowski alluded to the end of June, but then the other day said he's kind of ahead of schedule. So it wouldn't <laughs> shock me if he's in the lineup June 15th as the DH. It really wouldn't. I mean, he's, the dude just – he grinds, man. He gets himself ready to go and, um, you know, uh, so it wouldn't shock me if that's when he's in the lineup. Another guy I wanted to ask you about, Nick Castellanos, uh, struggled a bit last year. Not, not sure did, you yeah. know, when you look at the numbers, maybe not awful numbers, but not Nick Castellanos numbers. But you, you expect him to turn it around and be as good as he was before he had got here last year? You know, Bill, I think that's a good way of putting it. It's just not Nick Castellanos numbers. He had a, he had a, he played every day. Like, he – he got hurt in August, August or September, around that time with that oblique. But beyond that, played every day um, and played the outfield when I don't think he was expected to play it all the time. So I do think he's going to be better. And the only reason I say that is David Chad, who's one of Dave Dombrowski's special assistants, is the scout that signed him for the Tigers. So he's with us now and he's watching him every day in spring training. And he likes what he sees compared to when he was with the Tigers. He didn't like what he saw last year where he would kind of lean a lot of times. Yeah. Um, I think I think Nick will be even more comfortable in Philadelphia, you know, not worried about the contract because there's so many guys around him that can help carry the load. He doesn't have to be the guy. So I expect him to be better this year. And I think his, his Sunday home run uh, – I, I do think that that was a really good indication of what he's what he's fixed in his swing because that's where his power comes from, the, the power to right center field. And it's hard sometimes in spring training to gauge whether something's a really good home run or just a fly ball. That was a pretty good shot the other day. So that made me feel good. And, you know, he's been good to be around. I mean, it's, it, you know, his, uh, he, he works. He just works his tail off. All right. Now we got some rule changes this year, Tom, as you're well aware. Oh, we know how, <laughs> we know how Zach Wheeler feels about the pitch clock, yeah. but uh, I love it, man. If they're speeding up the game 25 minutes, it's great. What do you think of the pitch clock? I, I love it too. I mean, I, I feel bad that I think I exude the love of it very often, whether I'm on TV or radio or doing interviews. Um, 
and, and obviously I, I'm not taking the player uh, the player role in this uh, because I'm watching from a distance. I'm not watching like they are. But I, you know, today I saw the first violation that I had seen, um, which I thought I'd see a lot more. I think it's the average violations per game are the same as they were in the minor leagues the first week of spring games, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So they're kind of gauging it. But the average game time is two hours and 31 minutes, which is exactly the neighborhood that Major League Baseball would like it to be. So I love it. Um, I haven't really seen the, the effect of the shift with the exception of a few different plays like today. In today's game, I thought there were three balls that were hit where the shortstop would have been against a left-handed batter that were hits today. And that is exactly what Major League Baseball wants. So I like them. Um, I don't totally get the bases being larger. I still, you know, they keep thinking it's going to be more stolen bases. Um, I, I Again, maybe they're right about that. They've done all the research. I haven't. But I just don't think the game is made for stolen bases anymore. But if they're going to try to force the issue, then I do think we're going to see somebody steal 80 bases, if that's the case. Because somebody's going to say, oh, yeah, I can do it easier now. I'm going to try to steal 80 bases. Yeah. What's it like calling that game with a pitch clock, Tom? Do you you, oh. you got to, you got to turn, change it around pretty quick. <laughs> you do. I mean, the drop-ins, you got to make them faster. And yeah. the, the replay replays, we're trying to do a replay of a Jake Cave throw at second base, and there's like two pitches being thrown while we're doing it. Like you do half of it, and then a pitch is thrown. Then you do the other half of it, and then another pitch is thrown. So that's okay, though. We can figure that part out. Hey, Tom, I'm going to put up a picture of these two guys right here. It uh, looks like you and some little <laughs> three-year-old kid. Now, one yeah. of these guys just got a nice contract extension. Congratulations, T-Mac. And the Thank other you. guy, here's, here's a more recent picture of the two of you. The other yeah, guy is now working for the New York Mets. Congratulations yeah. to both of you guys. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I can't – that we can't replicate that picture, although we do. if we do, there's got to be a chair behind me that nobody can see because <laughs> I'm not going to be able to do that. Um, Plus, my hair was going at that point, and it's yeah. gone now. His is still really good. So I just talked to him, actually, on the drive up. He um, Yesterday was his first day in camp, um, so he's gotten to meet a lot of people for the first time. I told him, I said, you know, they're going to remember who you are because you're, he's 6'6". Like, he's a former college pitcher. So, you know, he walks into a room. Well, first of all, he's loud because he's my son. But second of all, <laughs> he's a big dude. So uh, I'm really proud of him. I mean, it's a... It's 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 going to be a great experience. He's in a great booth with Howie Rose and Chris Majkowski and Keith Rad. So this is a really good spot for him. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, hey Tom, yeah. before we before we uh, end up running out of time, I wanted to ask you about uh, do, how do you feel about a repeat performance from the Phillies and get to the World Series? The, the odds makers don't seem to be in love with the Phillies. Very at this strange. Point. Yeah, really strange. I, I you know what. It's hard for me to go against what, what Vegas says because you guys know as well as I do. They are eerily correct on a lot of things a lot yeah. of times. Um, I'm surprised that the win total is where it is, and maybe it's the Bryce Harper thought. I don't know. Um, I do see them getting back there again. I, I mean, if they win the division, great. I think the Braves are still the better team in the division compared to the others. But um, I, I can't see us not getting to the postseason, as you guys know. There's a lot of luck involved when you get there, like they had last year that the Padres beat the Dodgers and knocked them out. But I, I think that they're they're primed to do it. And the other part of it, too, we've, we've kind of seen that John Middleton 
and Dave Dabrowski, if there's a piece that needs to be slid into a puzzle that's not there yet, they're going to go get it. And that's pretty cool to think about that if you're in Philadelphia. Tom, I did see on Twitter the other day you interacted with someone uh, who said 90 wins over under, and you said over. Are you sticking with that? Yeah, I think over. I, I am. I, I'm just surprised that it's so low because um, we're better than last year. You know, and right. th- some places have us winning less games than last year yeah. or maybe two or three more. I just think that they're going to win more. I think this is going to be a really good year. I'd be shocked if it's not. So I, I don't know. I, I can't say that I'm usually right about that. Sometimes people <laughs> people accuse me of having rose colored glasses. And I, I would admit that I mean, being the voice of a team. But watching these guys, I haven't seen atmosphere like this in a long time. So I'm I'm sticking with that. I think over 90 is a pretty easy bet, quite frankly. Cer- certainly a lot of excitement going into spring training. Yeah, that's for sure. Hey, we have a, a message that was left here for us. Tell Tom, be on the lookout for ba- Bailey Falter's custom St. Paddy's Day cleats. Who knows? Oh, I like coming. that. I like that. <laughs> hey, I think I think Bailey, I think people are forgetting about him. He looks unbelievable. I mean, not that he didn't look great last year, but he's trimmer. I think he's ready to compete. So I think that's... I, I can't wait for the cleats. I'll actually be here for uh, St. Patrick's Day game. Usually, I have an NCAA tournament game, but for some reason, the schedule fits this year. So, yeah. Tom, I will see you down there, St. Patrick's Day. Nice, Chet. Go easy, buddy. Go easy. And, I, I know. and I'm going to, I'm going to see you down here somewhere because I'm here. But uh, I've been doing a lot awesome. of working. But I am going to see you for sure. You know, is there anything behind me that we can call and get an extra sponsor for you guys? The Walk and Roll or Sage's Bistro or anything <laughs> hey, like that. Do. I like I like the way you're thinking. <laughs> Preferably a beer sponsor, Tom. I'll take a beer sponsor anytime. <laughs> uh, don't I know it? Ain't that the truth? I would do the same thing. Uh, hey, Tom. Before we go, are you uh, you you are covering the NCAA tournament? You know where you're going? Yeah, uh, I don't know officially where I'm going. I do know that I'm going to be part of the first week of coverage on Turner and CBS. I just don't know where it is yet. Um, last year, I was at the first four. If that's where it is, I love it. It was awesome. And then I'm going to do the Sweet 16 and the Elite Eight uh, for Westwood One. So I'll be in Louisville for that. So I'm looking forward to that. Awesome. Tom, I think your arm's got to be tired holding your phone for 20 minutes like that. <laughs> I just have a finger on it because I've got – actually, it's in the top of the – I, I will tell you that the G, the GMC Acadia has a perfect slot for a phone on the back if anybody's ever looking to do an interview. <laughs> I'll let you go, Tom. I'll see you soon. Tom, thanks a lot. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Appreciate it. And uh, go, Phils. We'll see you, Yeah, you got it, guys. Yep. Thanks, buddy. All right. Hey, Chad, how how about that? How good was that, huh? Uh, That was a lot of fun. Tom's the best. Appreciate Tom taking the time to do that. Heck, he pulled over in a parking lot to talk to me and you. Go figure. You know, we had him on seven years in a row, 2015 to 2021 inclusive. Uh, we didn't get him on last year for whatever reason, so glad we were able to, uh, you know, start that up again this year, our annual spring chat with T-Mac. And what was great is we thought we were going to have to tape that, and yeah. and by his schedule, he worked his way into a live instead of working his way into yeah, a tape. Yeah, I know. He so found out great. at the last minute. He said it was a possibility yesterday. He found out for sure this morning that he had to go to Fort Myers to uh, handle some Phillies coverage. So we weren't able to pre-tape like we had planned at mid-morning or late morning today. He said, how about we do it live? I said, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, one one follow-up, uh, Tim Tim Hickethier says uh, 100 wins. I, I will get to ours before the season starts, but yeah. I don't see that being unreasonable. 
that's a lot of wins, man. I know they won 88 last year. Theoretically, they're better, but you know, you're going to be without Bryce for at least the first two and a half months. And who knows what else, you know, we don't know how the pitching is going to be, but we have a month to talk about all that, Bill, before we get to our predictions. Yeah, yeah, because there was so much more we could have talked to Tom about. Reese Hoskins, the the, yeah. the gas-throwing left-handers in the bullpen. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's so much more to talk about. So. Well, we're going to have a lot more Phillies guests over the next month and a half or so, Bill, so we're going to hit them all with all our questions. Uh, absolutely. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Glad we got to see Tom. All right, hey, let's uh, let's talk some Sixers, Chet. Uh, oh, okay. They've lost two out of three out of the All Star break. Uh, they play Miami again tonight. Uh, probably not too much worry that they've lost two out of three. But what do you think of this Tyrese Maxey coming off the bench experiment? Where the other night he actually played less minutes than PJ Tucker and the Anthony Melton. Uh, I, I'm 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 not for that. I got to tell you, I was pretty excited about the Sixers one week ago when we talked. Then they got the great comeback win Thursday night over the Memphis Grizzlies, a pretty good team. But then they lose the tough one on Saturday night to those Boston Celtics who they just can't seem to beat. Uh, it was a winnable game, too. And then, much worse, uh, another home loss to a mediocre Miami Heat team on Monday night, who they're playing again tonight in Miami. As for Maxi, though, he's been inconsistent ever since being put in the sixth man role. He seems to be more comfortable as a starter. So coach Glenn Duck Rivers is going to have to think about all that. The problem is when you move Maxi back into a starter, then you have those second unit guys who are not that great. And, you know, they come up small a lot as it is, even when Maxi's out there. So that's a problem either way you look at it. I don't know what to think anymore, Bill. Well, and I tell you that Celtics game uh, bothered me more than the blow on the Miami game. But they, they could have won that Boston game. But oh, yeah. Glenn Glenn squeezed the bench in that game. He pretty much went with eight guys like he likes to do in these tough games. You can't do that. And, you know, you can look at it and say, well, he can't get production from the bench. Or you can look at it and say, well, if you're not on the court, you can't produce. And the bigger yeah. the game seems to be the tighter he squeezes, squeezes the bench. And we know you can't go into playoffs with eight, eight guys. He's got a couple of months to figure it all out. And, uh, you know, some of these guys really have to step up. Some have been pretty much invisible. Um, Melton's been inconsistent. Niang's inconsistent. So, you know, somebody's going to have to say, hey, I want to be there. I want to play. I want to, you know, help this team win. And we'll see who's you know got to step up the plate and do that. Yeah, Tim, Tim's got it. I hate to say it. Boston's in the running for the NBA title. No doubt about yeah. it. I would think Boston's probably – the team to beat coming out of the East. You better up your they game. They were in the finals gonna, last year. Yeah, they, they're yeah, certainly gonna, a favorite out of the Even though Milwaukee, you know, has looked like uh, looked like a world beater over the last three weeks, uh, I still think it's going to be the Celtics. Yeah, and I think somebody might have posted uh, a comment here when we first started with Tom. I, I only glanced at it. Did they say no Embiid tonight? Uh-oh. Somebody, I, I think somebody, I saw that somewhere here crossed over my phone or crossed over our notes here that uh, no MB tonight. So I don't know what, if it's a rest night an injury night or what it is with him. Well, and this is a a real tough part of the schedule. They're starting a five game road trip and they have 12 of their 17 March games on the road and a lot of tough opponents along the way, including Milwaukee a couple of times, Boston again. So it is not going to be easy, Bill. Yeah. Jane, Jane's correct. uh, Says correct. He has a sore foot. So he's been, Dealing with a sore foot for the last few weeks, playing through it, uh, I guess tonight, didn't want to go. 
And I like, yeah, there you go. You're starting to come around, pal. <laughs> All right, All good right. stuff. We'll be following those Sixers close as we get down the stretch or in the in the home stretch and uh, get ready for the playoffs and be healthy and be on the right track as, as a or as a team. That's what I'm looking for. Let's sell some insurance, Bill. Let's do it because uh, you know you got one more cold front. I think coming at you, don't you? Here pretty soon, Chet. So you I, might I think so. Yeah, more we, we've been time. really fortunate. Yeah, but you're going to be spending more time on your sofa than you are in your car. So start saving with Allstate's pay as you go auto insurance. Yeah, Bill. Allstate's pay as you go auto insurance puts you in control. You only pay for the miles you drive with the same full coverage that a traditional policy offers. Pay per mile insurance gives customers greater control of their insurance costs. See how much you can save with pay per mile insurance by calling your local agent in Westchester, Pennsylvania. That is Dave Lavoy. Call Dave 610-430-0700. Again, 610-430-0700 and start to save more now that you are driving less. All right. Hey, what what's uh, it was great having Chris uh, Gaskell with us last week from the Irish Rover Station House. What's going on over there this week? Well, yeah, you know that to be the case, Bill. Always something good going on at the Irish Rover. Uh, for example, on Tuesday nights, they have Taco Tuesday. Wednesdays, it is Quizzo. And then, let's see. Oh, yeah. Killer Burger Thursdays. Music Saturday nights. This first Saturday of March, you can enjoy Ty Kingsley, happy hour specials, dinner specials, always 24 beers on tap. And check this out. Next Thursday, Bill, that's March 9th. It's a night the Flyers happen to be playing the Carolina Panthers down there. It is Flyers night at the Rover, courtesy Coors Light. There will be beer specials and a bunch of giveaways. So be there next Thursday. And congrats once again to the Irish Rover on its 26th anniversary under current ownership. Way to go, Tracy. 10th anniversary for the Bellevue Avenue location. They celebrated it all last week. More details on all of the above at their website, irishroverstationhouse.com. Hey, everybody. It's Willie Nile here, and you're listening to Chet and Bill on Philly Press Box Radio. You lucky people. Hey, hey Chet, I have to ask you, was that one uh, singer's name, was his name Daggum? Uh, he, he'd be I, a Bob, Bobby Bowden would like him because that was Bobby Bowden saying about Daggum. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I saw that last name up there. I said, Hey, that guy's name's Daggum. Who knew? Is that one of the bands? Oh, yeah, Daggum, Dag, Daggum, or Daggum, Daggum. I don't know, I don't know how you All pronounce right. it. <laughs> hey, good stuff. Hey, uh, you told us, uh, you're, you're going to tell us a little more about Dave Hagen, the founder of Monster Mania Con. Uh, Tell us about Dave. You wanted to have him on, and you had an opportunity to visit with him. Tell us all about this. Well, uh, as you know, I've been to 26 Monster Mania cons over the last 13 years. Yeah, two years if you do the math. And I respect Dave for how much he's been able to put all these together every time. And as I mentioned last week, I pretty much badgered and begged him to uh, let me interview him for our show. He finally relented, and we did make it happen the other day. And, oh, very important, this is uh, like an 11, 11 and a half minute version of the interview, the full 17-minute chat with Dave, the director's cut, if you will. 
uh, includes the Fast Five and some other fun stuff, just went up on YouTube. So it is uh, hitting YouTube right at the bottom of the hour, as a matter of fact. So one and a half minutes from now, actually. I know all the Monster Mania fans will want to check that out. In the meantime, you can enjoy this fun chat with Dave. And we have to load it all up. So let me find Dave. I know it is there. I double-checked on this one, Bill. <laughs> You're actually going to find the button tonight? I, I'm, I'm finding the button, and I got it. And I'm going to load it right now. Well, this is going to be and scary fun. We're going to talk to the founder and Monster Maniacon. He has put together and promoted more than 50 horror conventions over the last 20 years and has two more of them over the next couple of months. It is Dave Hagen. Hey, Dave. Hey, Jim. How are you? I am great. Uh, Dave, let's go back to where it all began for you, the whole monsters and horror thing. Uh, I think I heard you say previously that your late father would have to get a lot of credit for that. Is that right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I grew up in the era of the early 60s, you know, the monster kid, quote, monster kid uh, era where we had like creepy magazine horror movie hosts on television. I grew up in Philly, so we had Dr. Shock back then, Shock Theater and all that. Every Sunday, my dad used to take me to the, they used to call them movie palaces because that's really what they were, like these huge, gorgeous, ornate movie theaters in, in Center City, Philadelphia for like double feature horror movies. So he's the one that really got me started on all this. Yeah, yeah, same with me. I was a big horror fan as a kid. Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, Psycho. Oh, yeah. The whole thing, loved all of that. Dave, you don't know this maybe, but an old friend of mine is a guy that you actually worked with back in the day, pre-Monster Mania at his annual Monster Bash events in Western Pennsylvania, Ron Adams. Ron and I worked together in radio out in State College in the early 80s. So is it true that Ron either directly or indirectly influenced you to maybe try to get your hand at doing the horror convention thing? Uh, 100%. Uh, it was great seeing a picture of Ron. I haven't seen Ron in person in a while. I was a staff member for Ron's Monster Bash. Um, I met him at Chiller Theater, uh, mm -hmm. Kevin Clement's show up in Secaucus at the time it was, and really hit it off with Ron like right away. And Ron told me about his, uh, his Monster Bash, which was basically a more of the universal monster kind of horror convention, which was right up my alley. I went out, volunteered for Ron for a couple of years, and then it was actually driving back from uh, a Monster Bash convention my oldest son, David, and I were driving back and we started kicking around the idea. It was like a six hour drive. So we were like kicking out around the idea of, you know, if we were going to do a, con a convention, what do we do? What would we do different than what Ron does and what Chiller does? And uh, at the time, Horror Find was uh, a convention down in Baltimore that we used to be vendors at. Then I wound up representing uh, Carolyn Monroe. Like I used to be like her assistant at some conventions. And then eventually from that ride home, uh, you know, my son and I kicking around the ideas. We actually went out and started Monster Mania, you know, for real. So the very first Monster Mania Con was 20 years ago this September in Cherry Hill with guests including Betsy Palmer from Friday the 13th, Ben Chapman, who played the Gill Man in uh, The Creature from the Black Lagoon, a couple of great hammer horror actresses you mentioned, uh, Carolyn Monroe, Veronica Carlson, and Pinhead himself, Doug Bradley. And, yeah. of course, Doug has been back numerous times over the years. Look at that. I found this old... Uh, Oh, wow. The first one. What do you remember we, about that very first one in 2003? Uh, it was crazy. You know, we got a lot of support from, as you can see there, uh, Scarlet Street Magazine was a magazine that was out uh, during that time that um, used to, you know, focus on horror, uh, classic horror. And Kevin Clement from Chiller Theater, you know, was very supportive of us. But boy, 
doing our first convention, we didn't know what we were doing. We had been vendors for a few years and we had gone to different shows and we had kicked around like different ideas, but like almost everything that could go wrong ahead of time did go wrong. A lot of the inner workings behind the scenes, minute details of things that you wouldn't think you would have to check up on, you have to check up on. So yeah, we learned the hard way, but what, what was great about that while we were going through, you know, the whole problem with trying to figure out where to, where to put the tables and they had a, a mixture of sixes and eights. It was just a mess. We got that straightened out. And then back in the day, that was when people read newspapers, um, <laughs> the, the Friday edition of local papers would have a weekend section. Uh, the Philadelphia Inquirer had it, mm -hmm. the Daily News had it, and we were on the cover of the weekend section in i've got three of them hanging up over my head in three of the major newspapers one was uh the inquirer one was the the uh daily news and the other one was the burlington county times so you know just to be on the cover of that really brought out the fans so a lot of people had warned me ahead of time oh your first convention's going to always be bad you're not going to have turnout it's not going to be good and it was extremely successful so successful that we we literally outgrew the hotel the first show like we knew that we had to go to a bigger hotel and at the time it was a hilton the hilton hotel in cherry hill made us an offer that we couldn't refuse and um but when we got to when we went to the hilton to check it all out it looked cavernous it looked like wow like how are we ever going to fill this place and if you don't if you've got a convention that's in a large area and only has like a small amount of attendees that can look horrible so we were really worried about that but we got robert england to be our the headliner of our second show and now we're at the point that you know we wish the hotel could expand into double the yeah. size that's a good problem i guess to have well my first monster mania con wasn't until august of 2009 when i got to meet one of my heroes from my youth george the animal steel and then last year you brought in several of the folks from dexter including michael c hall and jennifer carbon and that was really cool dave this may be the very Toughest question I ask you, but who are some of your favorite guests from all of these cons that you've done? Oh, boy. Well, uh, Ben Chapman right away. Ben Chapman, I met at Monster Bash, and Ben was extremely encouraging in us coming up with the idea of doing Monster Mania. And he was the first guest that we recruited, and he helped us recruit other people. So uh, Ben, you know, uh, by far number one on my list. I hit it off with Ben when I first met him, and I, I, we used to write back and forth and phone calls and I really miss Ben a lot. So Ben, number one, geez, Robert England, you know, he's done our show so many times. Mm -hmm. I can remember when we went to the Hilton and he was the headliner, we were nervous. It was only our second convention and it was a much larger venue, a star like Robert England. Like we wanted to make sure everything was right. And uh, I can remember on the last day of that Sunday, he was going up to his room and as the elevator doors were closed, he said, hey, Dave, he stopped the elevator doors. He said, hey, Dave, I just want you to know you're a class act. So hearing that from him was the affirmation that I needed. <laughs> like that weekend was rough. So, and you he know, still comes back frequently. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. It's like lines of people three hours long waiting to meet him. So uh, clearly he's still a big hit. Yeah, him. Again, going back to our first lineup, Doug Bradley, a repeat guest that comes back often. He's one of my favorite guests, too. Boy, it's so hard, though. Like, over the years, like, you know, Roddy Piper's agent came up to me on a Sunday, I think it was, and said, Roddy wants to see you in his room. Now, 99.9% .9 of the time, if a guest wants to see you, 
and you're the promoter, then there's a problem. So I was <laughs> yeah. like, I said, oh, you know, what is it? What's the matter? He goes, no, he just wants to see you up in a room. And I'm like, oh man, what am I walking into? Like, you know, is he, is he mad at something? Like, you know, he's big WWE wrestler. Like maybe he's used to things on a higher scale than what we were. I get into the room and he hands me a beer and he goes, I just wanted to thank you. I just wanted to sit down and have a beer with you and say thank you for everything. So it's like, oh, wow. wow, you know, like I've never had a guest do that before, you know, and I was relieved because I didn't want to like, you know, wind up in a sleeper hold or something. There's just so many. It, it's, you know, it's hard to think it as soon as we, as soon as this conversation's over, I'll think of like 10 more that I should have named. Yeah, well, let's talk about what you got coming up. A couple of uh, cons in the next two months, as I said. One is fast approaching. That, of course, uh, Monster Mania Con number 53. Man, you got a bunch of big names for this one, Dave. One of the things we hear a lot is that we, how we have repeat guests. So for this convention, I mean, we've been doing them for 53 shows now. So it's it's hard to not repeat guests to some degree. But for this show particularly, I wanted to bring in as many people that had not done either Monster Mania at all before or had not done Monster Mania in Cherry Hill before. So, you know, we've got the, you know, the Sons of Anarchy group headed by Charlie Hunnam. We have The Undertaker on Friday. We have the girl that's uh, that's um, in Megan. She's going to come. She's going to wear the actual costume from the film. Nice. Uh, we have the Terrifier group. Clint Howard's going to do the Ice Cream Man costume. And then, you know, we are bringing back a couple of repeat guests. We have the four uh friday the 13th yeah exactly four final girls from friday the 13th so you know we try to mix in a little bit of uh a little bit of everything for somebody like if you're a wrestling fan we got somebody for you you know if you're a friday the 13th fan we got somebody for you if you're a modern horror fan you know we've got somebody for you we try to make it so that there's if you're a horror fan or just even a, a pop culture fan that there's something here for you to, to come and enjoy and then the following month, uh, you got number 54, and it includes Captain Kirk himself. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I'm a big fan of his Twilight Zone stuff. Oh, I yeah. actually, like, he was in the two episodes, uh, Nick of Time and uh, Terror at 25,000 Feet. The, in the Nick of Time, I actually have a replica of, it's called the Mystic Seer, the fortune-telling napkin holder uh, that was in the, in the television show. They made, I guess about, God, I guess about 10 years ago now, they made a, a replica of those and now they're going for like crazy prices. So I'm going to be one of the people in line to get his autograph myself. Uh, I want to get it on that mystic seer if I can, but yeah, we've got Christina Ricci. Who's we've had her a, a few times before. She's always great to work with. Uh, we're bringing the terrifier Two group down there. Uh, Greg Nicotero, Jason Patrick from lost boys. Uh, you know, we're just trying to, again, we're trying to mix it up for everybody and, and bring the Baltimore people stars that they haven't seen before yeah it's pretty cool down there i've been there twice to hunt valley it's a great yeah venue and, a lot of fun and it's funny like we, we do three different venues and each venue has its own personality and its own you know its own setup and and none of them are are alike each other like no no two are alike of the three dave i don't know how you do this but if my math is correct you're now doing five cons this year how much help do you get on this from your sons and your scores of volunteers it's an immense amount of help. Um, I handle all the guest bookings and, you know, transportation and all that stuff. And most of the social media, my two sons handle like tickets and vendors, both of which are like a, a, a chore unto themselves. So, and then, you know, once the, once the show hits for the weekend, you know, the volunteers are, you know, vital to running the show. And, and I know that from being, you know, the volunteer that I was at Monster Bash, you know, like I've seen it from all sides.
Well, Dave, this was great. Folks, get all the info about upcoming Monster Mania conventions at the website, monstermania.net, and follow Monster Mania on Facebook, Instagram, elsewhere. Dave, you are a busy guy. So glad we finally made this happen, and I will see you very soon at Monster Mania. Uh, thanks very much, Jim. It's a pleasure to talk to you. There you go. Pretty cool stuff, huh? Yeah, that was cool. I really enjoyed that. I hope our viewers and listeners did. I know some will have, uh, at least. And hey, one other thing, Bill. Well, first of all, I want to mention again that the full 17-minute chat with uh, Dave and me is up now on YouTube on my Call Me Chet YouTube channel. Uh, it is there. Uh, but since this is a sports show, Bill, here is Dave. One more piece. Here's Dave talking about one of his favorite Philly sports memories other than the two few championships. I remember when the Flyers played the Russians. The Russian Red Army team had come over and dominated every team in the league, even the Montreal Canadiens, if I, if I remember yeah. correctly, who had Ken Dryden at the time. They played the Flyers, and the Flyers hit them so hard they actually walked off the ice. And I remember watching that on television. Yeah. I remember watching that on television with my dad, and my dad was so into it. It was, it was great. It was a great memory. Absolutely. We all know that one. We all know that one. That's for sure. <laughs> hey, I, you know, I had it on my list, and uh, you know, I didn't know. Obviously, I hadn't seen that interview, but um, there's also a show, the the Philly Sports Card Memorabilia Show. Unfortunately, it's the same weekend as this one. Uh, oh, but wow. it's at it's at the Oaks, and I, I was going to hit up on this a little bit uh, anyway. Steve Carlton, Mike Schmidt, uh, Pete Rose, Bob Boone, Juan Samuel, uh, a ton of Eagles, Devontae Smith, uh, Hassan Reddick, Lane Dickerson, um, the whole pile of them. Uh, is that Mac, in March? That is March 10th, 11th, 12th also. Same weekend, yeah. Yeah, and um, uh, let's see, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, Shake Milton. George Dayang, Mac McClung, they're all oh, going to be there. So, he's going to be popular. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's a unfortunately same weekend. It looks like I didn't know that when I was going to when I was going to mention this, but uh, you know, there's there's a sports show and a and a monster com going on at the same time. Well, big money bags. People like you can just hit them both. I will be working so that I can <laughs> make it to my next meal. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, shoot. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, Chet, NHL trade deadline is Friday, 3 o'clock. Uh, been a handful of big deals. Shane Gostisberg, uh, Gostisberg got moved today uh, also to Carolina. But the Flyers only deal so far. Isaac Ratcliffe to Nashville. What do you expect to see? Do you care? Kevin Hayes gone. JVR gone. Does it matter? I don't know that it matters, but I do expect some moves. I mean, we mentioned Kevin Hayes uh, and JVR probably both going. You know, I hate to be a fair weather fan, Bill, but I've just become that person these last couple of seasons with the Flyers. They're just tough to watch a lot of the times. Uh, I mean, these last couple of games, they got blown out. Yeah, yeah, they have, and uh, they're just not playing good. And, you know, this happens to a lot of teams sometimes at the trade deadline when there's a lot of uncertainty of what's going on, and uh, especially when that uncertainty might be some of the leadership of your team. Uh, you know, you hit these, uh, they're not even ruts, they're potholes, and you, you get yourself in big trouble and you start getting blown out of games. And Tortorella mentioned that we're not making the playoffs. And, I mean, they're, they're what, 10 games out of the final or 10 points out of the yeah. final playoff spot, yeah. which isn't 
crazy, but yeah, you know, they're not going to make it up. So they're not making the playoffs. He's right. Right. No, he, he's absolutely right. And the <laughs> way they're playing, uh, you know, they weren't making it anyway. So they, you know, they certainly have to play better, but they got to get younger and, uh, you know, and we'll, we'll see how it goes, see if they can get anything for those guys. You know, I mean, you can yeah. unload them, but are, are you getting any better? And how many times we've been talking since, uh, what, three years ago when you start getting rid of goal scorers, who are you replacing them with? Yep. You know, and they don't have that somebody yet. They've got a lot of work to do this season and this off season. Yes, they do. All right. Hey, let's give a shout out to all the shows at the Edge of Philly Sports Network this week. Football season's ended, but that hasn't slowed down the coverage. There's plenty of it. Catch all the action on www.eopsports.com as well as Edge of Philly Sports on YouTube. You can find our show, Philly Press Box Radio, on our YouTube channel as well. Please help us out by hitting the subscribe, follow, like buttons, and always share with your family and friends. As you can see, there are shows every night. Not as many as during football season, but still plenty to talk about all the way from baseball, football, lacrosse, the whole deal. Check us out. Please do. Please, please do. do please do all right hey chet uh do want to ask you what's going on over at philly sports trips they've always got something going at sherry's ticket town well let's see let's talk about philly sports trips first of all uh they got a lot of things going on they're going to be down in uh, florida for spring training a couple of times this month those are sold out so we're not even showing those off but there are you know philly's trips to yankee stadium and out to chorus field if you're a fan of the Union, you can heck head over to London and Leeds at the end of May. And the uh, Chicago Wrigley Field trip is the end of June, right to July 1st as well. And uh, they have also posted all the away Eagles games, the road games. Of course, we don't know exactly when they will be, but Philly sports trips will be going to all of them. You know that. Great trips with Philly sports trips. Check out the website phillysportstrips.com. As for Sherry's Ticket Town, well, lots of good deals right there. They have tickets available for all your sporting events, Sixers, Flyers, and Phillies included. And, of course, concerts here in the Philly area and beyond. Sherry'sTickets.com, easy to use, and there are no hidden fees. The price you see is the price you pay. Pay less and play more with Sherry'sTickets.com. Save even more by using the exclusive promo code EOP10. Why use any other ticket reseller and get those hard to come by tickets to the big game? Of course, Sherry'sTickets.com also has great hard to get theater tickets too. So, sporting events, concert tickets, and theater tickets. Use the promo code EOP10. Again, the website, Sherry'sTickets.com. Hey, uh, Chad, I'll tell you what, that's a new add on that trip to Wrigley. That that will be a fun trip to go spend a weekend, Phillies, Cubs, and Wrigley. That would be a good one. If you've never you been, know, I've it's a great place. I have never been to Wrigley Field, but it's definitely on my list. Uh, I, I don't know if I've mentioned this publicly on the air, but I'm hoping to retire, actually, from my real job in about a year and a half. And after that, I'm going to hopefully get to uh, somewhere that I've never been every year after that in terms of a sporting place like, you know, Wrigley Field, like uh, Fenway Park, um, the Baseball Hall of Fame. I've never been to Cooperstown, so mm. I got some work to do. Yeah, you do. You need to you need to check those places out. They're great. Yeah. I'll All right. Up. Hey, speaking of great, great guests tonight in Tom McCarthy and Dave Hagan, who's coming to Philly Press Box Radio next week? 
Well, we will have two guests for sure next week. One of them isn't locked up just yet. Still working on that one, but it will very likely be someone talking about Phillies baseball again. But we do have another guest for you next year. He's the sex symbol that all the ladies love. It's Bob Vitrone Jr. <laughs> it's Boop. It is, mm. it is the fifth anniversary of Boop's very first visit with us this week in 2018. I think it was around March 7th of 2018. So five years ago, we first met Boop on the uh, internet here. We will talk about the Philly sports scene with Boop and likely preview March Madness, too, ahead of Selection Sunday, which is the 12th. And, of course, Bill, uh, I don't know if I reminded you of this, but also on the show next week, you and I will preview the Academy Awards, which happen on March 12th. Uh, there won't be any time in the agenda for we'll that. We'll make time. We'll okay. make time. Oh, no. Oh, no, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 no, we won't. Okay. <laughs> All right. Good stuff. Looking forward to that. Hey, Chet, the Eagles putting their staff together. They promoted Brian Johnson to the offense coordinator, coordinator position. They hired Sean Doucet, I believe is the right way you pronounce that, as the new defensive coordinator. Doucet, a Temple guy. Uh, and I can tell you, Chet, my son, uh, Billy, worked with uh, Sean at both Temple and at Miami. Yeah, uh, from what I understand, he's kind of uh... – and a lot of people are not going to like this. He's kind of a clone of the guy that he's replacing, Gannon, in that he doesn't blitz a whole lot. He runs a similar kind of defense. You know, they both worked with a new Fangio. So, uh, in fact, he and Fangio worked together in Chicago. So if uh, Eagles fans are expecting a whole lot of uh, different look on defense, they might be disappointed by the size. So uh, we'll see. But I do like Brian Johnson being named the OC because, you know, he works so well with Jalen Hurts and it's great to see him getting promoted. He's known Hurts for a long, long time. And Alex Tanny has been on the staff as ready. He was the assistant quarterbacks coach. So he will now be the quarterbacks coach. So uh, I like the Johnson and Tanny moves. Who knows about Desai? I don't know what to expect from the defense. The problem is we don't know at this point who's going to be back on that defense. You know they're going to lose at least a handful of guys from the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, well, uh, Pete Carroll had nothing but great things to say about Sean. Yeah. Uh, and, and actually, when I was talking to Billy uh, about him, who knows him, worked with him, said nothing but good things about him. And actually, sure. I believe uh, Sean is a Ph.D. Oh, really? Yes, has a Ph.D. He, he is uh, – well, and if you heard what Pete Carroll said, he said he is a super intelligent guy. You know, he sees it, he knows it, he learns it, and he's a super, super intelligent guy. So we'll see. So how he might even be smarter than you and me, Bill. Oh, uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I you want to talk, that. you want to, not in the Academy Awards. I think you got the heads up on that. <laughs> I'll challenge Sean on movie knowledge any day of the week, Bill. That's right. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, check, uh, Chet, let's give another quick break and thank our friends at the PPCC 118 Raz Room. They post great sports memorabilia on their Facebook page so people can take a chance of winning something they may not be able to afford or have access to. All items come with certificates of authenticity. Check out their Facebook page. Like it or follow it. It's PPCC 118 Raz Room. That's right, PPCC 118 Raz Room on Facebook. And by the way, I'll tell you, our friend Bob Sullivan the other day, he took home yeah. a 
Jalen Hurts jersey. He he got a I, you know what? I'll tell this quick story. He got in a little family feud, Chet. Oh, he really? had a choices between a Deshaun or a, a Jason Kelsey jersey or Jalen Hurts jersey. Ooh, that's a tough one. He took the Jalen Hurts jersey, uh, uh, much to the dismay of his daughters <laughs> who wanted the Jason Kelsey jersey. So huh. Bob Sullivan is dealing wrong. with some uh, some family drama right now. You can't go wrong with either of those. I mean, Kelsey's a future Hall of Famer. Hurts is the quarterback now and a potential MVP candidate, hopefully for years to come. So, yeah, either way, you're a winner. There you go. Hey, uh, while we're talking football, the uh, – Combine is going on fast and furious. Uh, a lot of people get glued to their TV for combine uh, time. Chet, you, you, what do you think? Is that something you watch, pay any attention to? Personally, I don't. I do not. I'm surprised you don't because I thought you liked all that stuff. No, it does, it does nothing for me, so I do not check it out, not one bit. No, watching a guy run a run a 40-yard dash <laughs> does not. I, I've been on the stopwatch end of that for many years. It, it doesn't didn't do anything for me then either. Yeah, it's not for me. Not for me. Yeah. All right. What else you got before we wrap it up? Bill, all right. Take a break. Speak to me. Breathe. We're going to get on the run, okay? Oh, boy. We have the time. Uh, We're going to go to the great gig in the sky. We're going to make some money, I hope. Uh, Us and them. I may have brain damage. I think you do. It was 50 years ago today. Pink Floyd, Dark Side of the Moon was released March 1st, 1973. And I'll tell you, it's one of those albums you can listen to front to back, and there's not a bad tune on there. And, boy, you don't hear this often on the radio. Today on WMMR, the great Pierre Robert, the legend, played the entire album. Uh, Side one, took a short break for, you know, got to pay the bills. And then side two, without a stop, between two and three o'clock. And... I was at work, but I work alone, so I kind of cranked it up and listened to it as I wrote my news stories, and it sounded as good as it did 50 years ago. Okay, so let's let's backtrack to your opening statement. How are we making money? <laughs> what, what did I miss? We're still trying to figure that part out, Bill. Ed <laughs> uh, is making money. Us is not. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. Oh, hey, great album. Who who doesn't have who didn't have a copy of that album along Well, the way? I still have the album version and I don't want to bring that in again. I brought that in in January when I did the 50 years ago thing. Right. So I just brought in the smaller CD copy because I have it on that as well. Hey, speaking of anniversaries, uh that was 50 years ago. 40 years ago yesterday was the uh airing of the final episode of MASH. Were you a MASH guy? Uh, you know, I actually probably enjoyed it more later. Than the actual shows through all the reruns and all that. I, yeah. I watched a lot of them later on. Uh, at the time, uh, you know, I was busy doing other things and it yeah, wasn't, I, I didn't year. have any can't miss TV shows really at, at that stage of my life. I had a few, but MASH wasn't one of them. I enjoyed it occasionally when it was on. I did watch the final as it aired, and uh, that was, as I said, uh, February 28th of 1983. And I had mentioned this on the show once before. I had bought a $900 Sears Betamax VCR the prior year, 
And that was one of the very first things that I, I taped. I taped the two or two and a half hour finale of MASH on a blank beta videotape on my $900 Sears Betamax. <laughs> <laughs> I actually remember watching the uh, the final episode as well, you know, live at the time, live at the time. Yeah, so 40 years ago, uh, yeah, like like you said, it's kind of more fun to watch it occasionally now because it's always on, you know, MeTV or one of those channels, that and several of those other 60s and 70s and 80s comedies. So I do see it occasionally. My wife's on one of these trips right now where she watches uh, like these shows from the 60s in the morning. Petticoat Junction and the Beverly Hillbillies <laughs> and all those. And so, you know, I, I see those. So she's retired now, so she can do that. So I, I catch her watching those occasionally. There you go. Well, <laughs> you know, it's it's uh, it's throwback time. We're all flashing back, Chet. Uh, time's going by. We better stay with it. Yeah, we're going to stay with it, man. All right. What else way, you got? I, I, did, I did get Bruce Springsteen tickets. So uh, I will be seeing Bruce at Citizens Bank Park on friday august 18th go ahead and tell us how much you had to pay it not terrible i got uh 300 level seats for 109.50 plus the service charges which you're going to pay you know no matter what you concert you're going them, to. Right. and they were whatever the math is 37 dollars more so that brought it from 109.50 up to 146 dollars which is a lot but it's not terrible for springsteen I mean, if you, I looked on uh, StubHub and other places for indoor tickets for his March concert at Wells Fargo Center. You still can't find anything decent under 300 bucks. Wow. Couple well, of those it is a lot of money. It is a great show. Uh, I'm sure he'll be, he'll be as good as he always has been. If for those that like him and for those that don't, he'll be as bad as he's always been. But yeah, I've watched a few clips on YouTube. He still sounds great. So yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yep, absolutely. He opened Wrap that up, tour. Bill. He opened that tour in Tampa and uh, got yeah. nothing but rave reviews from yeah, I saw. the people I've heard down this way. Yep. All right, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Let's thank tonight's special guests, Tom McCarthy and Dave Hagan, our sponsors, the Irish Rover Station House, Bob Sullivan's LikeYourAge.com, PPCC, 118 Raz Room, and Dave Lavoy of Allstate Insurance at Westchester, PA. For Jim Chechesco, this is Bill Furman. We hope you enjoyed the show. We'll join Philly Press Box Radio next Wednesday, March 8th at 7 p.m. You can see us live on Facebook. Listen to our website, phillypressboxradio.com, on blogtalkradio.com slash phillypressboxradio, on Google Podcasts, as well as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and all the others. With that, high hopes, Philadelphia sports fans. Haven't done this in a while, but here we go. 